Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of
mind if you turn it into a, an R-rated show, so long as you're respectful. Um, I'm, I get to be the disrespectful one in this radio show, and I generally am disrespectful to folks that deserve it, and I don't expect everybody's going to agree with me, although some do. Um, clearly some don't, and that's one of the things that living in a free world is all about. That's an example of liberty. I get to put on a show at the time and place of my choosing. I get to talk about whatever I want to, and so can you. We live in a world now where what other people think has become uh, in many ways more important than the substance of our our, our conversations, uh, the quality of our character. Um, but I don't believe that. I, I don't really give a damn what other people think. As anybody who has ever known me would know, um, to my own detriment, much of the time, I've tried to grow and learn from that. It's um, it's okay to not care about what other people think, but if you want to be effective in the world and you want to communicate with others, um, you have to live in their paradigm. You can't force them to live in yours. And so, you know, for those of you who've known me for a long time, you know that deep down inside I'm a long-haired hippie freak, um, but I don't have long hair anymore. And I don't have long hair because at one time, a few years back, I was going through a criminal case because of pot. And I determined, based on uh, my communication with lawyers and other people, that um, it was in my best interest to look more like they did if I wanted to be heard. And I wanted to be heard. I needed to be heard in order for um, me to have a chance. Hey, Sarah, hey, Mike. For, in order for me to have a chance to win, I needed the community support. I learned early on in the human solution um, that justice isn't necessarily what we think it is. There's very little justice in the world sometimes. And just because the law says you can or can't do something doesn't mean they're not going to say you did or didn't do something. Um, and because I believe the law says one thing doesn't mean that the prosecutor uh, believes the same thing. It doesn't mean that the cops don't believe the same thing. And it certainly doesn't um, have anything to do with all the other corruption based problems in our system don't play into it. And so in my case, um, I stumbled into a cop one time with a truckload of pot, and uh, he didn't understand that my state's law was supposed to protect me, and they threw me in jail and let the court system settle it out. Eventually they figured it out, and eventually they dropped the case. Then they raided me and tried it again, and that came at the behest of a disgruntled employee who 
was a drunk and a pill popper, and um, he decided to make up his own version of what had happened and painted me in a way that wasn't accurate, and I had to go and defend myself. Now, one thing I want to share with everybody, and this is, I want to do some pontificating this show. This is the first show of the year, and I like to look back on the year and, you know, kind of, hopefully we've learned a thing or two. Hopefully we're not here doing the same thing we were doing last year and uh, expecting different results. Um, So I'm going to talk about some of the things we've done over the last year to change what we're doing and, and hopefully some of the results that we'll be seeing will come out of that. But one thing I've noticed, and this holds true with politics, especially holds true with social media, this thing that's become so fucking important in most people's lives, it all comes down to what do people think? What do you think? Do you like me? Do you care? Did you notice it? Did you share it? Did you whatever it? And the thing that I learned, and I I, I learned it with the sting of it over five or six years. But last year, I spent some time removing myself from it and observing social media, observing what it's like to be without it a lot, reduce the number of so-called friends from 5,000 down to 200, 200 people that actually I have something in common with or I know personally or whatever. Um, One thing I noticed and I learned, and and I've noticed this in politics, I've noticed this in, um, in rumoring, is that the damage that can be done by an accusation outweighs many times all the good that you can do by education. You can spend your life learning and and living a good life and teaching and preaching and whatever, all the things that you might aspire to do to make the world a better place. And then some bonehead can come along and make a statement Fact, fiction, exaggeration, true or not true, doesn't even matter. But if it's a negative statement, it'll stick somehow, some way. And I've watched it happen over and over again. I've watched it happen uh, to me. I've watched it happen to people I've cared about and loved. I've watched it happen to politicians. I've watched it happen to uh, public figures. I've watched it happen to celebrities. All it takes is some slam about, you know what I heard? And your life's work can get just shot to hell. And so what I realized at that time was that just working and doing and living and letting your works be the only thing that matter is a way to get through it. If you're making a difference in the world, one of the ways that you'll learn about that you're actually on the right road 
is that you'll have people start to attack you. And if everybody loves you, you're either not getting out enough or um, you're maybe that one person. But I guarantee you, if you're if you're if you're preaching the word, if you're doing it right, if you're if you're out there trying to make a real difference in the world, you're going to be talking about some controversial things, and you're going to be laying yourself out in a controversial way, and you will have enemies, and you will have people that want to hurt you. How do you get through that? Well, you do. You just keep getting through it. One thing I learned when uh, you know, several years ago, four four years ago now, I think it's been kind of cool. It's been that long. The Human Solution International was big, and we had all these people engaged, and uh, all of a sudden, people started turning and twisting and changing things around and started making accusations. Oh, God, I remember the first time an untrue accusation got thrown at me, and I just was like, holy fuck, are you kidding me? How could you say that? You know me. And then it started to spread, and I sat there, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm out here trying to do some good for some good people, and I got people going, but you did this, and you did that. I was like, whoa, and it, and, and it, it hurt. And I don't like to admit that because I don't like to admit that I had feelings. But... I did, because I had given my all to this cause, and I had done everything I could think of to to make the world better, and I had never done anything to hurt anybody or cause harm in any way, and to be accused of doing some of the things that I was accused of doing that were just so far from the truth, and to watch it spread like a little wildfire, and to have people that I didn't even know change the way they thought about a good thing which was the work we were doing, because they were told by somebody that this thing happened or didn't happen. And it took me a while to wrap my head around it. But at one point, I thought about it, and I said, you know, what can I do here? You know, there's no there's no going out publicly and and defending yourself because, you know, what, what evidence do you have of what you didn't do? <laughs> How can... How can you prove what you didn't do? So I, I, I took the defensive, which, or I didn't take the offense. I didn't take any position, really. All I did was simply say, well, if any of this stuff's true, surely somebody will have some proof. And, of course, they didn't. But I shit you not, it took probably more than two years before those rumors and, 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 and innuendos that were thrown out just by angry, hurt people, went away. And probably to this day there's some remnant of them floating around. If I ran into the right or the wrong person, I would probably say, well, didn't you do that? But I said, you know what, I'm just going to let my work stand on their own, and I'm going to disengage from people that don't want to hear me. I'm not asking anybody for money, and I'm not asking anybody for anything that they don't want to give. So can't be I can't be confused with somebody trying to take advantage of somebody. So we get kept going. But you know what? What suffered out of that was our prison outreach program. We had a great prison outreach program at the time. And I had to pull myself away from it and disengage it almost entirely. 
except for a few inmates that I was personally close to, um, had to walk away from all that. It was sad because it was something that I cared about. It was something that, that uh, um, I put a lot of effort into, and some of the folks that caused the grief actually would have never been involved if it wasn't for the work we did. But I realized that we're not all here to do everything we set out to, and sometimes your course is uh, best served a little bit to the left or to the right. And so I altered my course a bit, and I kept going. I kept maintaining the friendships with those that are that were true friends, and the rest I had to sort of let, let. And I think I learned from that. I think I learned from that that, you know, social media, as much as it can be a tool that helps, um, in my opinion, it does a lot more harm than good most of the time because it's too easy. The other day, I uh, uh, yesterday I think it might have been, or the day before, we put up the, the it was a, an article that came out about a 70, 75-year-old guy that got busted with a bunch of pot. And somebody comes on and they start to uh, throw some, I don't know, in my opinion, Facebook nonsense out there. Well, what if he did this and what if he did that? And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? Why can't common sense enter into our world of activism? Why can't we just, I don't know, instead of feeling the need to answer everything with a regulation and a law and a tax, why can't we just agree that, I don't know, some things are better left alone, like our free will, as long as it doesn't impose on somebody else's free will. Imagine if, if we were to be allowed to be and as long as our actions didn't affect anybody else's actions negatively, we could do as we saw fit. That would, in my opinion, align ourselves with the premise of the preamble of the Constitution. You know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. These, these things that were endowed upon us by our Creator, these are basic liberties. Liberty. And I think that that's what I really want to focus on this year, as I, I tried to focus on last year, is liberty. And the idea that we pass a law that allows some people to do some things with the plant, to me, is so offensive. And I, we live in a world today where, I don't know, people have made an art out of being offended. You know, there's almost a, a there's almost a badge of honor to be more offended than the other guy. Well, I pride myself on never being offended, except when you want to step on my liberty. Then I get really offended. Then I get offended to the point of doing something about it, which I wish more people would do, because maybe we'd get some more of this liberty. So my thinking is this, and I have put the word out I don't know how many times, how many ways, we keep passing laws that restrict us, that regulate us, that tax us, that, 
that treat the cannabis plant as something dangerous. Whether we acknowledge it to be dangerous or not, we treat it like it's dangerous. We treat it like it's something that we have to be afraid of. We treat it like it's something that is, um, you know, it has to be punished just for being what it is. We have to be punished just for wanting it. And we embrace these laws. In California, the Prop 64 people were so exuberant when they won. And I was like, really? You guys are happy with that? Do you know what's going to happen? You know? And in every other place that it's happened, we passed rec. We got recreation. I'll go, yeah, that's fantastic. What about the sick people that need pot? What about them? Because you know what happens when you pass rec is that the person that needs a bunch of pot to get themselves well don't get it anymore. Or they have to become criminals to get it. Because they don't let you have anything you want. Every single time we pass a law, it decriminalizes pot. Guess what? Read it, folks. It decriminalizes possession of a certain amount. Okay? That's cool. Hey, you're giving me that. Oh, we should be happy about it, right? You know, that's like saying, well, you know, clothes are illegal, but you can have underwear. Okay? And, and and you can have the right to wear clothes if you if you go through a lot of hoops and whistles and bells, but you can have a brown pennies on and you can have a set of boxers. That's what we'll let you have. Okay, well what if I live in a place where it's cold and I want to put a jacket on? Oh well, you know, you're gonna have to go through some hoops and pay some fines and fees and taxes and you know, you gotta be zoned right for that. What about the children? Every single law that's been passed in in America thus far has been flawed. And you know why it's been flawed? (laughs) Yeah, it would be a scary world. (laughs) You ever been to a news colony? All the folks that you don't want to see naked, they're the ones running around naked. I'm telling you, that's how it is. (laughs) So, anyways, the point of this is, is every single law that we've passed it's been flawed. There's Every single one of them has a place where you can still be a criminal. Every single one. And instead of us being empowered by this and saying, yes, we gained some ground, so let's go and take it all home, what do we do? Oh, well, I, I, I'm not going to help now because we've already, it's already, it's all downhill from here. You know, the federal government's going to do a thing. It's it's decriminalized, right? It's already legal. I saw somebody posted, it's federally legal. Yeah. You know, people just don't know. People just don't know. And the people that get busted, one of the things I, I learned from, hopefully, or I don't know, I observed anyways, last year we had fewer people step up and fight their cases than ever before. We had... A number of people that called in and, and, and wanted help. But when they got the word that they were going to actually have to fight and stand up and take a risk, uh, and it wasn't just a magic get out of jail free, you know, hit a button and the whole world comes to your rescue, um, very few people stood up. we got Glenn Keeling, and uh, he's going to be talking to us shortly. He called in earlier. Um, I got Craig Cecil here, and I'm rambling a bit, but there's actually a method to my madness. So we're going to let Craig Cecil talk. 
And you have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. This call is. He's going to tell us about prohibition because he's serving life in prison for punishment. Right life in prison this for call is being recorded. Imagine that, if you will. Hang up to decline the call or to accept, child. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, we're kind of chilly here in Terre Haute, Indiana, inside the razor wire. Yeah, it's a little it's chilly out here, too. Outside, maybe a little less. Yeah, it's it's a little chilly out here too. Um but probably you're probably a little more chilly than we are. I think I think we might get below freezing tonight, but probably not by a whole lot. So uh what's going on up there in Terre Haute, Indiana? Well, we've had a bunch of mini lockdowns. I told you where their their new plan is to divide the whole institution in the Effectively into gangs. Each cell block is their own gang. And if anybody from that cell block does something wrong, they punish the whole cell block. Like if one of them, you know, uh, falls on the floor, you know, due to taking some sort of illegal drugs or whatever, and they gotta treat them for it, the whole the whole cell block is punished. They lock up the they lock us down. They'll give us uh, bologna sandwiches three times a day for a week. Uh, and they throw away a bunch of our personal property that, you know, we've built up. So this, it's kind of a weird setup, but they, they encourage the inmates to beat up the inmates that want to do drugs or want to buy or sell drugs. It's really kind of an odd setup. So, and you were saying before that this was more or less um, pointed at the K2, the Spice Gang, right? But the truth is, um, you know, there's all kinds of drugs in prisons, and um, for them to inspire people to cause harm to other people in an environment that's already volatile and, and you know, frankly, deadly in a lot of ways, um, man, I would think somebody needs to hear about that. It's a real odd setup because I guess my question is, and I, I haven't gotten an answer yet, if it's up to us to enforce the Bureau of Rules, uh, with the recent rash of staff on inmate assaults here, are we supposed to act on, uh, if we see a staff member, you know, assaulting an inmate, I, I mean, are we to step in on that also? <laughs> well, you know you know what I might say to something like that, but I don't know if that would be the best advice. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question. Is I have an article in front of me that I cut out of the uh, Christmas Eve Wall Street Journal. Okay. And it addresses the sale of a company that uh, makes a drug called Drinabant. Okay. It's from the the Sanofi company, which is the same company that makes uh, the Narcan that uh, you know stops a you know, if somebody's dying of, a, of an opioid overdose, the, the drug they give them, to snap them out of it. Right. But they're marketing this drug as a drug to uh, stop marijuana overdoses. <laughs> <laughs> Is there really such a, I mean, I, I've heard of children eating too much edibles and having some medical problems, but... Is there really such a thing as a marijuana overdose? Well, you know, you know, if you get too high, you know what snaps you out of it? Is having a cop roll up on you and flashes lights. Instantly you go, like, whoa, never mind, I'm not high anymore. It's, it's um, you know, there are 
cases, especially when people do a lot of concentrates or edibles, that you could get pretty darn high. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this drug or 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 what it's supposed to do to you, um, or or if it works or how it would work. Um, but definitely, uh, it takes a lot before you get so high that you can't snap out of it. That's for sure. Generally, black pepper and CBD can be real helpful with that. Um, just an extract of black pepper, and uh, and who knows, maybe that's probably what it has in it. Black pepper and CBD, I'll bet you. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So that's my question. I, I don't think I've ever heard of somebody dying from a marijuana. No, overdose. no, and you won't because you know why? Because they haven't. You know, it, here's a funny thing, Craig, and this is something that I, I'm, I'm kind of starting off uh, the year full of piss and vinegar because I'm still pissed off because you're still locked up. And I've got all these people telling me about how, um, you know, well, this person shouldn't have been able to do that or what if he was doing this or that or the other thing and people are not looking at the big picture. But the truth is, is every single regulated um, I, uh, compound that the FDA has approved for medical use, every single one, including saline solution, has what they call an LD50, which is a dose at which 50% of the people will die from. Okay? And there's absolutely... If you look at the, the, the poison control stats of every year and you look at the amount of accidental poisonings um, and the compounds that people die from, it's ridiculous. And then you go to the actual truth about cannabis and still not one person has died directly resulted from cannabis. Hasn't happened. I mean, of course, we've heard of people dying, especially in, like, the fraternities from alcohol poisoning or, you know. But thousands of them every year. <laughs> thousands of people die from alcohol. The worst, the worst thing I've seen a marijuana uh, smoker, you know, go through is maybe eating too many Doritos. Yeah. Exactly. You get, you get a little bloated because you ate too much salt, you know, and you hold on to your salt. But that's about it. You know, you get a swollen tongue from it all. Or, or, you know, it's like uh, like doing mushrooms too much. You, you wake up in the morning sore from smiling too much. But, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's about the worst you're going to really have to deal with, you know. Uh, it, it, you get a little cotton mouth. You, your eyes will get dried out because that's what a lot of, uh, a lot of compounds will do that to you. Um, but generally speaking, you'll get hungry. You, you could, you know, if you take too much more than you need, you could get nauseous from it. And plenty of people have gotten nauseous and even dizzy, and you get a little uh, vertigo, and you start feeling a little weird. But, again, it's not tied to your autonomic system, so you can't stop breathing, and your heart won't stop beating, and your liver won't stop livering, and your kidneys won't stop kidneying, and you'll keep on going. You'll just have a bad afternoon, and you'll wake up in the morning going, wow, I better not eat three cookies. I'll just eat two. Yeah. That, that seems to make sense to me because, like I say, I, I've never heard of somebody, you know, having to be hospitalized or somebody dying because of marijuana, you know. Well, you know. And mind you, I even remember the Paraquat marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. They were spraying all that Mexican pot and supposedly it was making people's lungs bleed. Yeah. 
but I never even, I don't think anybody ever was proven to be dead from it. You know, again, I, I, I don't, I think if the opposition had a single case of a person that was proven to die directly from pot, that it would be their poster child. They would be carrying that on a stick going, see, look, it's dangerous. What about the children? And they don't have it. They just don't have it. You know, it's funny, Craig. I've actually had an outstanding invitation to the world to come on my show and explain to me why this plant needs to be oppressed. Why does it need to be taxed and regulated like, like gasoline or like, like alcohol? Why does it need that in order for it to exist in our community? And I have, guess how many people have come on to debate, debate me on that? And it's been over a year I've had this outstanding uh, challenge, if anything. Guess how many? Not a single one. Not a and single I agree that there, there has to be some regulation, just as food is regulated, so that you know people aren't being poisoned by yeah. somebody that grew it in a Treat really it like odd way. Or, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Treat it like asparagus or 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 cornflakes or something. Where yeah, you you know what there are there are standards of of quality that says in order for this to be a consumable good, you know you can't spray diesel fuel on it or whatever the hell. You know, they, they do have regulations, but, you know, you know how much poison they allow go into the grapes that they make wine out of? Yeah. A lot. A lot. I know. There's a lot, there's a lot right in the skin of the grapes, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, they, you know, because they got to keep it from mildewing because, you know what, grapes are harvested right in the fall time when the when the morning dew gets on heavy and the mold comes in and they're ruining a crop. And they use these mildew sides pretty aggressively on grapes. And these are the same compounds that the, the oppressive laws in California especially will say everything's illegal. It's, you know, they take it to the other side. They say, well, nothing passes because there's some, you know, one billionth of a point of a, of a particle on it. Well, all I can say is just breathe the air anywhere in the world and tell me you're not going to get one part per billion of something. You know, stand near a volcano and see how that works out for you. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, like I say, we, every year we hear of, uh, you know, some uh, college fraternity pledge, you know, oh, succumbing to alcohol poisoning. But, uh, I mean, that wouldn't happen from wine. You, you, you'd probably, you know, I don't know, you, you know, just from, yeah, I think you'd have to drink too much wine to die from it. Well, that's just it. And, and, uh, and, and that's the thing is there's some some kind of common sense with alcohol, um you know, in their standards of of acceptable compounds and all that. I'm not saying it's good or bad or sideways. I'm just saying it's not off the charts. But with with the cannabis, they go one direction or the other. Either they say absolutely no, or they say, well, you know, it's got to be cleaner than the firstborn silk of a of a of a corn stalk up on the top of the mountains where nothing ever goes. And it's just it's 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 crazy. Well, apparently this company has a plan. They paid a half a million dollars up front from the you know reputable company that makes Narcan, which is a you know is very popular for the opioid overdoses. But they paid a half million dollars up front, and they're they're going to pay uh, you know more money down the line. 
to put this in all kinds of hospitals and all that for uh, marijuana overdoses. Maybe there's something I haven't heard from <coughs> that there's some deluge of uh, marijuana overdoses, but I've never heard of it. Well, you know, the difference is between Narcan and, and anything like this is when they apply Narcan, it's because somebody's about to die. And somebody has literally overdosed on a drug that will cause your heart to stop beating. And they hit it to them and it shocks them out of it or however it works. And it actually saves your life. Well, this isn't saving anybody's life. It's removing you from an unpleasant situation. Man, I would love to have some spray like that. Keep me out of jail maybe once in a while. You know, have, have my unpleasant situation spray. We'll just keep it on hand. It's, you know, there's also a drug that um, even though they have, uh, they come up with this Narcan stuff and all these other things, uh, they actually, the pharmaceutical companies have just recently come out with an opiate that's more potent than fentanyl, which is the one that's killing everybody because it's so potent. And then they came around and they did two things. One, they came up with a, a drug that's supposed to help you get off of opiates, and so they can sell everybody that. And then the second one is they came up with an opiate that's more potent than all the other ones they already got. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. I think the good thing is is more and more people are getting afraid of the opioids. And uh, I know one state even made it as of the first of the year. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield won't pay for OxyContin and a few others. They want you to use some sort of, you know, uh, non-addictive form of an opioid. I, I guess those do exist now. Yeah, they call it aspirin. <laughs> and cannabis. <laughs> yeah, aspirin and cannabis. It's a good combination. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. I have a feeling. You know, I mean, the opiates are are. There's definitely a a place for them. They're, they they have a value in society. <laughs> but like so many things, it's just been taken to a place where. It didn't belong, and now more people are, are hurt than helped by it. And the people that are making all the money, they're the ones that are laughing all the way to the bank. There's your first beat, Craig. I've taken up way too much of the time. I'm going to give it back to you. Okay, well, as you know, my biggest excitement is, is there's still talk about, uh, with our new Congress, the looking into uh, the next step uh, in reforming criminal <laughs> With that letter that, you know, that sample letter that you put up on your site to, to recommend that they take uh, uh, marijuana and they take really all drugs and make them the same as uh, violent crimes where they carry up to 20 years unless somebody is killed. Like, you know, let's, let's make the federal government a lot more reasonable and let's bring it in the parity with the states and uh, make it so that people can't get a life sentence for murder. And what Craig was about to finish saying before he got cut off, because his 15 minutes is up, is let's make it to where you can't get a life sentence for marijuana or any other drug for that matter. Um, you know, we're too quick as a society to say, lock them up. And if you've never been locked up and you say lock them up, shame on you. Because so many people get locked up for things that it's not why they made jails. It's not why they made prisons. 
And it's just sort of our cookie-cutter answer. Well, you know, I don't want to see that, so get them out of my get them out of my space. Get them out of my face. I don't want to see that. You know, prisons and jails were, were built for dangerous people, people that were a danger to society. And regardless of what anybody thinks or says, I don't know how you could show me evidence that cannabis poses a threat to society or the possession or, or cultivation or distribution or even sales of it. I, I just don't see how we can show that society has ever been harmed by those things. And I'm not saying that you can't commit a crime that has to do with cannabis. There's all kinds of crimes you could commit. Any crime of any other kind you could do, just insert cannabis. But that doesn't make the cannabis part a crime. It makes the action a crime. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but we've got Becca on the line, and I know if I don't bring her up, she's going to vaporize on me. And Becca um, has been gracious enough to join the show a little bit more and more. And uh, everybody likes hearing from Becca. Becca, if you don't know, is our treasurer. She's the keeper of the books. She's the one that keeps us compliant. She's the one that makes sure that our 501c3 is kept intact. And she's also the one that has done 99 and three-quarters percent of the work on the website, thsintl.org. If you haven't seen it lately, um, it's been taking on a new look, and we're adding new features to it. And uh, Becca's the one to thank for that, and I want her to come on and uh, think about that for a second. So before I bring her up, this is an interactive show. I know I talk a lot, but it is a radio show. That's what people do on radio shows. Anyways, it's a podcast. I absolutely welcome your calls. Pick up the phone and dial 646. 929-2495 if you've got something to say. And um, I'll give you a, a shot. Like me, don't like me, like what I have to say, don't. I welcome you to come aboard and say your piece. Everybody gets to talk. If you get yep. disrespectful, you don't get to talk long. But if you make any kind of sense um, about anything that we are about in any way, shape, or form, I welcome you. 646 929 Two four nine five. All right, here we go. Becca Nichols, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good today. Yeah. Hey, Becca. Yay! So what's happening? I was calling in to talk about the website for one. That was one of them. Yay! Uh, to ask people to please be patient as I update it. And there's going to be some quirks and glitches like there was with the events and all that. But just be patient, and I will down. fix it. <laughs> and I did fix it, so just be patient, yeah, as I work through the pages. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing right now is we've been having what we call A-team meetings. And the primary focus of our A-team meetings right now has been the website. And so if you want to participate, you know what we what we don't need, we don't need people to say, you know what you should do, and <laughs> mm -hmm. have 
some little way out thing. We got we got a stack of those things. What we need is somebody to come in and say, Hey, I have an idea. Here's an article that that, that I think would help or here's an edit. I've got you know, I went through I went through your page and here's some edits that I that I would like to suggest. Or um you know, here's a plugin that would work great on the WordPress site. You know, some actual real constructive uh, criticism or or um, collaboration. We absolutely welcome. And uh, if you've got any of that, bring it on. We'll 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 integrate for sure. Absolutely. I never take offense to that. I do take offense to bitching and complaining and pointing out things that are wrong with no solution. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, tell us what about some of the new things that we got going on with the website. I'm I'm on the website right now, and well, uh, I mean, changing the the front page around is one big thing. Trying to make uh, most most of the website accessible from the very front page. Um, a big thing I thought was the addition of the calendar. You being able to submit events, um, they'll be posted automatically now, and it is showing up on the front page now as well. Um, that's kind of like we had on the old website, and I'm really excited about that because I want people to start utilizing the calendar more. I want to see events on there. I want to see it filled up, and I want to have 10 minutes of the show taken up with announcing all the events that we have coming up. Yeah, I'm actually and, on there right now. And I see the headquarters event. Yep. It looks took a little, me a couple oh, hours to figure that out, but I got there. Looks, looks like we've got a, we've got a New York uh, – Solidarity yep. over separation Yay. meeting too. So that is fantastic. It has a funny. Um, it has a funny. Uh, Something on top. What do you call it? The bookmark on it. The, the yeah. Little, uh, the little is a little weird. Maybe there's a way to format that. But nonetheless, it's, it's there on there. That was just for me. That was success. It was on the front page. Yeah, awesome. It may not be awesome. perfect, but it's there. It took me like two hours to figure weird. that out. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Reading help and, tutorials and God, yeah. Well, you got, you got it on there, and there's actually still plenty of room um, yeah. on the the band because you can go all the way from one side of the lo- logo to the other with content. So you got room for probably yet another column of of um, content with buttons and whatnot. So yes, that's sir. There's going to be got. more on there. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, and this is important. Um, I put a post up on my Nemesis social network, um, (laughs) and I I said for any chapter coordinator that puts up a a meeting, there's a special gift. And so, so far, the headquarters chapter got one and Solidarity Over Separation got one, and I'm not going to announce it until the five days are up. But it's cool, and you're going to like it. And um, and it's for the whole chapter, so um, that's just a thing that we've got. I don't know how many active chapters, but certainly more than two. And so I'm certainly uh, looking forward to. I think we've got three more days of that offer, and uh, by next week at this time, we'll we'll be able to uh, announce what that prize was, and and everybody that got it. And hopefully, we'll be having a bunch of meetings posted on the website. So. Um, Speaking of chapters, 
on that front page, there is a new form to submit if you would like to start a chapter. There's not a chapter in your state. So that's going to be that's on there right now. That's something that's new. Hopefully encourage more involvement. And there's also going to be a volunteer submission form on there as well, if you'd like to volunteer. And we will most certainly find something for you to do. There it is. Current chapters. Follow the link to find a chapter near you. If you're unable to find a chapter in your state and are interested in starting one, please fill out the form. I love it. I love it. So, you know, what we've what we've learned is, you know, years ago we had a lot of chapters. We had 45 chapters or something like that. <laughs> and most of them really, uh, when you... When you go back and you look at it, um, I think it was a it was a popular thing to do. Most of them didn't really do much. Most of them didn't do anything but take up our time in the training and and get their get their charter. But now the chapters we have, we don't have as many. But every single chapter we have right now is actually up there doing something. And you know when you think about it, what do we do? We educate. And we support, and we educate people about their rights. We we educate people about um, how to how to uh, stand up as a defendant, and we support um, the victims of the drug war. We support their families. We support uh, POWs. We support um, defendants. We support their families. We support the supporters. And we support them in so many different ways, even just by by being a place that people can come and talk to. Hell, we've raised money for people. We've shown up to court for them. We've, um, you know, done all kinds of things for the for the inmates over the years. And, you know, um, I think that there's just something that's so valuable about that. And then I think what we're going to be doing with the site even more is really pointing the finger at our ultimate end goal with this is actually ending prohibition, ending it, making cannabis where it's not a crime anymore. And we're not doing it by passing one law or another. We're doing it by changing the way we think. We're we're, we're doing it by educating people about the safety of this plant. I'm going to start bringing up more conversations about the medical um, value of this plant. And it's not because... I don't have anything else to talk about, but because I really want to lay out why this plant's worth fighting for, you know? Why is this plant worth finishing the job for? You know, there's not another medicine on the planet. Not even penicillin is worth, in my opinion, going to jail for because there's other <coughs> other things that do that. But there isn't another plant that does all the things that cannabis does. Nope. And, you know, for it to be oppressed, if you don't know anything about oppression, it should really raise the hairs on the back of your neck if you were to think about, you know, this plant and learn anything about this plant and then say, so why is it illegal again? And, you know, it's it's actually pretty creepy why it's illegal and, and, and why it stays illegal and why, you know, people's answer is, is Schedule 2, Schedule 3, Schedule 4, and why that's even creepier than than keeping it at Schedule 1. People don't get it. And that's a big part of what we're here to do. So, um, you know, there's going to be a lot more information about how people can help. Um, We have calls to action, I noticed on there. 
Um, I was just going to talk about that. There's a new one on there that I just put up right before I got on. Yeah. Why don't you? The call to action from Craig Cecil. He wrote, it was pretty, I just had to retype it all, so I know the letter really well now. And it was a really good letter about how violent offenders have less sentences, less years in their sentence than nonviolent drug offenders do namely marijuana, and it's a letter asking Congress and senators to look at that again and change it and fix it. And so all Craig's asking is that you copy and paste. I made it so you could copy and paste it and uh, fill in the date, your name, which senator, congressman you're sending it to, and print it off and put it in the mailbox. Um, You can also – I wanted to say this too, please – you don't have to copy and paste that letter. If you don't like that letter, if you don't like the way it's written, if you don't like what it says, write your own letter. Modify that letter. But just please don't complain about it on Facebook or on the website and not do anything about it. But it's yeah. it's a personal request from Craig, and it's a great letter, and it's a great idea, and it just takes you a minute to be active and to do something. And, and we're, going to, um, we're going to have this letter... Shown on the website, it's going to be downloadable, so you can actually download it and print it. And uh, then if you decide to print it, you know what we should probably put is a link to congress.gov, and that way people, there's a there's actually a link to find your representative, and you just type mm. in your zip code, and your congressman and your senator will come right up directly. The, the, all the information, the email, the um the address, everything you need. And so I, we'll, we'll put that in there, too, just to make it so easy. So basically, if you say, I want to help, you're going to be able to go to the website, and there's an activity that's directly at the behest of a man who's serving life in prison for pot right now today who gave a specific request and painted a simple picture Download that letter, print it up, write the applicable three words that you need to put to it, put it in an envelope, mail it off, and you will have accomplished something that, I don't know, if if 100,000 people did that, I think we'd get some results. Wow, imagine that. And that's nothing. 100,000 people out of, what, 250 million? Uh, It's it's, it's not even a percentage. I do want to correct one thing. It's not downloadable, it's copy and pasteable so that you can put in the current date your congressman or senator's name and your address. So it's copy and pasteable so that you can do that, which makes it more professional. And then you can sign your name with pen. All right, so we'll have directions on how to copy and paste so you don't have to even worry about downloading it. And, and, you know, we're going to make it so simple, but remember, we're not simplifying it. It, as an insult to you, unless you're easily insulted, then absolutely be <laughs> insulted. But the point is, you can copy and paste and change it. You yes, know? that's and, why and I did just, it that way. Yeah, yeah. So if you go, well, I would rather say it this way, then take it out and retype over it. You know, the, the, he's, the idea, he's got though, some great stats in there, and he's got some great comparisons and some really useful stuff. So. And um, I put it up on the call to action page on our website as well as the press release page on our website, and I put it all over Facebook. So you should be able to find it. Hey, Becca. 
Well, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So, um, in addition to that, you're going to start seeing more press releases again over the years. Um, we've gone through waves of releasing press releases um, for calls to action and that sort of thing. But um, most nonprofits that are serious issue press releases about most things they do. And if you go to any major outlet that actually issues press releases, you'll look and they put up a press release over the smallest event or activity. It just it's an announcement. It just lets people know this is happening. We want the world to know about it and here it is. We're an international nonprofit transparent organization and we want you to know what we do. So things like um meetings and events and um you know people that we're we're supporting and, and calls to action like this you're going to start seeing more and more on that. And just so you know, if you're anywhere in Southern California a week from today, um, after the show, we're going to go right into a meeting. So, um, And one of the elements of the meeting is we're going to do that activity. We're going to print up a bunch of copies of this, and um, we're, going to, we're going to all sit down and do it. There's two senators and a congressman that apply to where I sit here right now, and every single one of them is going to get a letter from each of the people that show up at this meeting. Excellent. And, and if you're a, a chapter coordinator and you've never hosted a meeting, um, the best thing to do is just do it. Just say, hey, we're having a meeting. And if one or two or five people show up, great, have some food, um, you know, have some literature. All the chapters have literature that we've sent you. Um, you know, have an open uh, question and answer session. There's always going to be one of the members of National uh, willing to come on a conference call or on a Skype that we can be there to to, to bring a little bit of uh, experience to it, answer any questions anybody might have, um, and then do a simple activity. Sometimes we do a a letter or a card to a to a prisoner or or more, or sometimes um, there's a personal call to action right now. We're supporting uh, Glenn and Peggy Keeling in Ohio, and there's uh, letters to be written if you haven't written them already. Um, we've we've supported I don't know how many people with letters. Last year we did uh, uh, Dolores Halbin and, and Michelle Button, and uh, you know we've done a number of letter writing campaigns over the years. Uh, my case personally, if it wasn't for all the letters that came in prior to my sentencing, I'd probably have just gotten out of a, a six six instead of twelve uh in state prison, which is where I would have been, so all the letters had an impact had a serious impact, and it's always worth doing so anybody who's ever um experienced the power of a letter writing campaign uh you know what i'm saying is 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 true and 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 uh, it's a worthwhile activity to do, and I think when people show up and they see that there's a little bit of direction and we have, you know, something that we're doing, there's a connection to uh, a deeper team. Uh, anybody who uh, has never been involved with the human solution uh, can get to know that it's a real thing, and uh, it's more than it's more than a Facebook page. That's for that's for sure. So what else we got, Becca? I know we got another thing. We got a, a new fundraiser that just came on. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about that. 
Yes, we have our own coffee, a cup of Joe coffee. You can buy just one bag, or you can buy a monthly subscription, which is what I'm going to do, because I really love coffee. And $5 of every bag goes to the human solution, which will all go back into doing what we are doing, our mission. Because we are completely volunteer-based, and if us are paid, all the money goes back to the cause. Exactly. So... I think I bought the first bag, and so hopefully it'll arrive soon, and maybe one of the the <laughs> next shows I'll be drinking a cup of Joe cup of, mm. a cup of Joe coffee from the Human Solution. So that the bag. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be showcasing it as it comes in. I have yes, actually we tried will. one of the came from that company um, through another event, and I and it's it's good coffee. So uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that. Uh, they have good service on top of it. That'll be the only thing that could that could ruin it is is not doing what they say. And then what about T-shirts? We got T-shirts now too. Yes, we do. That's <laughs> yours. I don't know anything about that. Oh, I know. I've got T-shirts. Hang yes, on. I do. Hang and on. they'll be available on the website. How about you? <laughs> okay, they will. Go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they will be available on the website. Yes. <laughs> right now we're we're pretty much giving them away. So um, anytime that there's a gift, we're uh, we're sending them out to you. And they're good looking t-shirts, and um, they're good quality t-shirts too. That's uh, it's good good thick cotton. So if you don't have one now, you should you should think about getting one. And uh, you know, if anybody, I'll, I'm going to put this out there. Anybody who takes us up on this call to action as soon as it goes up on the website, and it's only going to be announced here. I'm not going to post it anywhere else. But if you're listening to this show right now and you follow that call to action and you take a picture of what you did and you send it to me or just send it to the email on the website and say, look, I did it, I'll send you a T-shirt. Yay! That's my pledge to you that – only it's going to be made here, and if you do that thing that I just said, um, you'll get one for nothing else, no no questions asked. So I will officially bribe everybody to send a letter on <laughs> Craig's behalf to help the world. So there we go. <laughs> awesome. That well, was Becca, all I uh, had. That's a lot. That that's a lot, a lot. lot to chew on. So I appreciate it all, and uh, I will... Well, hell, I'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. How about that? <laughs> yes, you will. All right. All right. Thank Have you. a good night, you guys. Once again, Becca Nichols. She is our hey, treasurer and webmaster, executive director, and um, too much to list. And, you know, we talk about this A-team, and I tell you what, through all of the history of the Human Solution, have been it's been coming up on 10 years. I think we're, we're past our ninth year now, into our 10th year right now. We're in our 10th year of working together to end prohibition. And so many people have come and so many people have gone. And most people that have come and gone had something else on their mind besides just standing together to end prohibition. But I'll tell you this. At any point in the history, and I've started writing again Anybody knows me, i got a lot of words. I'm, as Tom Corby would say, I'm not a man of brevity, and I've begun to uh, 
to write, actually it's going to turn out to probably be about three or four books. And one of the books is the story of the human solution. And it's a 10-year story. There's a lot lot that has happened. And it's um, a lot of it's pretty pretty pointed. There's some there's some there's some there's some interesting tales uh, that'll unfold in this. But the point is, at any given point in our history, I can tell you that there's never been more than well, I'm going to say ten, but generally speaking, there's never been more than five strong leaders that have really carried most of the weight of this organization. And that's including today, even though we have a lot of team people that are helping, um, the A-team is starting to build, but there's less than 10 people carrying this organization right now on its back. And, and there's a bunch more that are stepping up and, and starting to help. So I, I, I certainly appreciate that. But Becca Nichols has been one of those people that have carried this organization on her back for, I don't know, I've been working with her now for almost, for more than four years. And um, my God, if we could just get 10 more people, 10 people. I mean, on any given day, this show alone might get a couple thousand people or even more listening to it. Imagine if I could get 10, 10 people to step up and get a fire in their belly and really actually do what you say and say what you do. We could do this. We could end prohibition. We could make this world a world where cannabis wasn't a crime anymore. You know, over the last year, I've spent a lot more time reading and writing and, and listening to books and reading books and studying. I, I have a, an, a, an obsession with hunger for, for knowledge and learning. And I've been studying history and historical figures, and, and I look at uh, in life. And today, I have very few people that I've ever said, I, I admire this person, I look up to this person, I want to be like this person. But throughout history, there have been people that I would say that about. From all the way back from the very beginning till now. And so I've been looking at and reading and listening to biographies of people that I think helped shape the world in a positive way. Uh, people that were fundamentally responsible for some of the positive changes in humanity. And I look for things that they have in common, and I look for things that, you know, the makings of an exceptional person. What is it that makes a person amazing, you know? And, and you know, there's an old uh, exercise that's, you know, go to your own funeral in your mind and, and picture what would they say about you, you know? And and you think to yourself, what would they say about me? And I think about these people that, I'm, that I've studied, and, and one of the things that they all seem to have in common is a morality, a sense of, a yeah. sense of morals, a sense of, of right. And, and, and they're not all necessarily Christians, and they're not all necessarily of any particular um, way of thinking, but the thing that they had in common in my opinion, anyways, one of the things was 
a sense of, of morality, a sense that there's a right, there is right and there is wrong. Dignity for other people, care about other people. And and a second thing that they all seem to have was a sense of of a greater cause, um, a sense that they were doing something that was bigger than themselves. And I and I look to the people that stir up trouble and they say things that you know cause people to go. Rear! And I think to myself, what are you actually doing with your life? You know, what are you doing to make the world better? And chances are, that's a pretty small list of shit. But the people that can reach outside of their own well-being and their own personal interests and do something that pushes forward humanity in a way that that it, it takes an exceptional person to do that. And that's the second thing that I saw that these people all had in common, the willingness to to uh, see the greater good, see something that's bigger than themselves. And the third thing that they had was, and, and this is maybe the most important, and I think this is what, and I've said this many times, but over the last year I've really noticed how often people lie. Everybody lies. Everybody lies. They tell things that aren't true. And they they do it to um, get out of uncomfortable situations. They do it to cover up uh, uh, an impropriety or a shortcoming. They do it to make an excuse. Um, but people lie so easily. They lie to protect you. They lie, they lie to be polite. Uh, they lie to be to blend in, but people lie. People lie a lot. Politicians lie like crazy. Uh, news agencies lie. Um, salespeople lie. No, Preachers lie. People just lie. And that's one of the things that these people I've been studying had in common was they were they told the truth and the truth was important to them the truth was something that mattered and all of these people and these people cover a thousand years of history that I'm talking about all of these people their their honor and the, their word was as important to them as their treasure and I wonder where 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 did that go? Where is the power of just doing what you said? You know how many people have come to me over the last year and said, "I'm going to do this with you, or for you, or to you, or around you, or near you, or you know," and then they just don't show up, or they don't do it, or they do it differently, or they whatever. But how few people will actually? follow through and do the thing they said and then to make the excuses and in many cases they're just not telling the truth so that's the second thing or the third thing now the fourth thing and I think this is as important as the other third and this is something that also um, don't see a lot of you see it in athletes and you see it in uh, performers sometimes um, but one of the defining 
features of an exceptional person is determination and drive, the willingness to just keep going, the willingness to go when it's hard, the willingness to go when it's boring, the willingness to go forward when it's exciting and stay on track, the willingness to go when the wrong person is is chasing you or the right person is chasing you, the willingness to just keep your focus and keep going. And that's what we need to do as an organization. And that's what we need to do to finish the job. And I've watched over the last 10 years people come and go and come and go and come and go and come and go. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping to God that enough people will stay with us and stay the course and help us to finish this plan that we're working on right now that will make it so that we live in a world where the cannabis plant is not a criminal act anymore. So I'm going to ask you all, Take a minute. Think about what I'm saying. You know, is this worth it to you to step in and and commit and show up and and participate when it's boring and participate when it's not fun anymore? To participate, to be an actual viable part of it rather than just sit here and listen and 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 say blah 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 blah. Why not engage it in a real meaningful way? Because if that's you and you're willing to do it and you want to do it, come and find us. Find us. We're going to do another 18 meeting tomorrow at noon. Send us a message. We'll let you know how to get a hold of us. We will. So that's what I'm going to ask you all as we start this year. Um, I'd sure love it if we could focus on those features of exceptional people and maybe think about doing the right thing rather than the fun thing or the... I don't know, the thing that that isn't right, and focus on honoring our own damn word. Don't say it unless you mean it. That'd be great. You know, let's focus on a little bit of integrity. That'd be amazing. And then maybe let's let's kick in and start to work on it, come together. So many people doing their own thing. It'd be great to do it together. That would be a wonderful thing. So I encourage you all to become a part of the solution. Um, we have enough people that have been engaged in this organization. If you just shook it off and decided, you know what, damn it, let's get this thing lit up. Let's make it happen. Let's get together and let's start meeting. Let's make this happen. How do you join? How do you join? How do you get that rhythm? How do you get that ribbon? Vice you go President? to www.ints.org. THS. THS. It's right there. I keep typing it. That's how you go there. If you go to that website, you're going to be able to sign up and become a member, and you too can have a ribbon, just like Joe's wearing. That's how you join. That's how you become a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And then find a chapter. If you don't have a chapter near you, start one. A couple of people can get it done. You start that beacon. You know, Creative Care Beacon in Ohio yep. is a perfect example of that. A couple got together and they decided to become a beacon. Now people reach out to them. They've been supporting other people now. In fact, I'm going to bring up Peggy Kimmel, um, who's going to join the show here, part of the Creative Care Beacon. So it's really grassroots. It's really common sense. Anybody can do it. It's not Scientology. It's not... It's not something that you have to go and pay a whole bunch of money to. It's not something you have to, um, you know, uh, 
secret secret uh, rituals to it. It's just simple grassroots, fundamental, liberty fighting. Let's get together and make the world a little bit better. That's what this is all about. All right, we got Peggy Kimmel, part of the Creative Care Beacon, and actually one of our board members. Peggy, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hi, Peggy. Hi. <laughs> I catch you off guard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's all right. Just, uh, no pressure. Calling. Just up there. <laughs> just calling tonight to, to invite everybody who's in Ohio to come to Wood County Courthouse tomorrow and help us support um, Laura, who's having an arraignment tomorrow. Um, also, on January 23rd, we'll be at the State House in Columbus um, representing the Human Solution. And invite everybody to come and join us and get some education that day and find out what's going on here in Ohio um, with the medical marijuana program. Also, um, on January 5th is the deadline for our briefs to be turned in, and I'm really not sure what's going on there. There's not a whole lot of communication going on, but I appreciate everybody who's called or wrote a letter and if they continue to do so I appreciate that a lot um, I'm having kind of a hard time just so many people out there say they want to help or they want to do this or they want to do that and then they just they don't follow through they don't show up or they just I don't know if they just talk to hear themselves talk or waste somebody's time or what, but I just really appreciate if some people held true to their words and did what they're supposed to do or say they're going to do anyway. Well, um, that's where it all starts. And you guys doing what you say you're going to do is the first step. And when people see you doing it, they come to say, hey, what's she doing over there? What are they doing over there? And, you know, you guys have a good way about you. You're, you're personable folks. You're smart, and you, you have a good message. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. You guys have that meeting. You guys are going out to the Capitol. Uh, document what you're doing. And, really, you can wing it. Make it up as you go. It doesn't matter. Getting out there and just having that meeting, saying, you know what, we're going to be here on this time at this date, and the next time you do it, you'll get more people, and the next time you do it, you'll get more people. And you just you document what you're doing as you're doing it, and that's one of the keys to uh, to building a team. Hey, Joe, I'm on here, too, right now, non-compliant Mary, just kind of bopped on. I was hoping that maybe we can ask Peggy, what does it feel like right now, Peggy? Because I've stood in your shoes. I'd like I'd like the audience to hear what it feels like, what these laws feel like to someone who's going through their life just doing things to be healthy, be happy, and help others. How does it feel like when the when the laws are so convoluted as they are? What are your feelings? That's a good question. Well, how do you well, feel, yeah, Peggy, go, going through? To me, me right now. You know, I've never hurt anybody. I've always trying to be the best person I can be, always trying to follow the law, and, you know, here 
I'm a very good person, or at least I like to think I am, and now I'm worried every day whether I'm going to be here to, you know, continue babysit my grandbaby and, you know, watch my daughter finish going through high school or if I'm going to be locked up in a cage somewhere away from everybody that I love and know for the rest of my life and for doing nothing. I did nothing wrong. I'm sick. I've seen doctors that, you know, they said, yes, this will help you. You should you should try this and you should do it this way and you should go here and get this and 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 I I like to help other people and kind of have my hands tied at the moment as to what or who I can help, how I can help, what I can say, what I can do because I'm like under a microscope and making sure that every little aspect of my life is just perfect lined up for whoever is watching at that moment. And I have a lot of anxiety over it and not knowing. Um, You have to go to court a lot and not very much happens, right? Right. And, you know, my life is at a kind of a standstill moment. I worry a lot right now, especially because on February 5th, I have a very serious surgery coming up. They're going to remove parts of my spine and replace it with titanium. They said that it's very important that I get nine months of physical therapy after this surgery, or I might as well consider myself paralyzed, and I won't stand up by myself again, or maybe not walk. And that's real scary to me. So I talk to my attorney and I say, what do I do? They tell me if I wait any longer, my damage is permanent. But I don't want to do this because if the courts throw me in jail, I will not get physical therapy. So if I do not get physical therapy, I might as well be useless completely. You know, I won't. Well, well I guess we all need to make sure. We all need to make sure, Peggy, that that doesn't happen to you, not to you and to other people like you. And this is what the human solution is about, and you're part of the inside circle of it now. So it's more about, it's so much about you. But I wanted people out there that have never been arrested to know what it feels like. And if if there's anyone out there with a heart that's that doesn't understand, just listen to, to Peggy's voice. And I know that, Peggy, because my voice was just like yours. And there are a lot of other women and men that our voice would would tremble like that, and we didn't know what was going to be our next step and how can we plan, how can we do things. And I know your doctor told you to minimize your stress and get good sleep, right? Yeah, how do you do that? Right. That's why we have to turn these laws around, and that's why we, we we need an army at the Human Solution. We need an army to change such horrible things around. So, Peggy, I pray for you every day and all the other patients, and just know that you are not so not alone. So just wanted, wanted people to really hear hear you. So thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, Mary. You, you exemplify the humanity that is this organization. And, you know, Peggy, um, five years ago, um, or no, six six years ago, I had been convicted in December, and I was awaiting my sentencing. 
and uh, I was coming up on my sentencing date at this time, uh, 2012. So um, I can remember exactly what it felt like. I thought I was going to prison, and I'm a crazy motherfucker, so I kept being defiant and, and making videos, and, you know, I've got those videos on immortalized right now, and they're they're out there. But inside, I was scared to death, and I I had to uh, look at that in the, in the face and say to myself, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to be locked up over this, and, and you know, my family is going to be without me, and, and I don't know, you know, they're going to lose everything over it, and I, I had all that on my shoulders. And if it wasn't for the people that were standing with me and standing around me, um, and the human solution wasn't what it was. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. I don't. I think, like I said, I think it would have it would have gone different. So, I do know that the power of of, of positive thinking and prayer and 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 people's putting their thoughts and intention um, and intentions together um, can have a powerful effect on an outcome. And you know, I see you. And Glenn, I know what you look like. I've not met you in person, but I know what you look like. And I see you guys just happy and jumping up and down for joy uh, because this is all over and past you. And, um, you know, I encourage anybody who's listening to do that. Go and, and find them on, on the Solidarity, or I'm sorry, the Creative Care Beacon um, Facebook page or, or Peggy Kimmel or Glenn Keeling. Um, and look at their faces and look at the family. It's a wonderful, loving family. And um, they're fighting a, a battle that nobody should have to fight. And, you know, Mary's right, the humanity of this, the fear, the, the, the horror that they put you through. You know, I try to keep walking on past it so that I don't have to feel it. But I can tell you this, I I, I don't know how many nights I, I had nightmares of uh, being convicted over and over again and, being locked up and being processed and all the, uh, the the horrors of being incarcerated. I've relived in my dreams so many times, and I didn't deserve it either. So I'm going to sit here now and say that intention out intention out loud that Glenn and Peggy, you 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 are free people, and you're gonna you're gonna come out of this. You're gonna be rejoicing because it's all going to go just right, and and they're going to see the right thing to do is to let you have your lives back, and, and, and that's going to happen sooner than later. I sure hope that you're right. Well, I've never I been arrested, and I hope that I never will be. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and, you know, just know that, um, you know, we are – here for you and and you know that's a big part of what this show is about is trying to get people to care enough to do more you know whatever it is you're doing i'm sure you're doing plenty i'm sure you're doing a lot i'm sure everything <laughs> you do matters a lot but you know what we could all do a little more every single one of us and i just can't imagine what if it was your kid or your father or your mother or your daughter or your you know somebody else who you cared about not you but somebody you loved and cared about uh, found themselves arrested and facing criminal charges and facing prison time. Well, wouldn't you want to do something more? Wouldn't you want to help? So let's think about that. Maybe there's something more we can do. Maybe there is 
a little more effort that we could put in and maybe we can gather one more person to come and help. We can raise this this energy up a little higher and, and make this happen. All right, Peggy, well, my best to you and Glenn, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And uh, how, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to be part of the Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio? Well, you can find us on the Creative Care Beacon page, or you can call us on 419-863-0498, or you can just look us up on Facebook, send us a friend request, message, talk to us. We're willing to talk to anybody, any time of the day or night that feels like they want to talk to us. Excellent. All right, well, thank you so much. It's good to have your voice on here. We love Glenn, but, um, you know, it's important to see the whole family. It's important that everybody that's affected um, gets up and stands up and, and uh, you know, like Mary said, just to, to hear the humanity of this. To, to I, always, I always ask defendants to put up videos, and, you know, you guys have done a great job with that, and, and uh, you know, let people look into your eyes. Um, that's why I do the video feed on this. You know, it's one thing to have a, you know, a voice coming up blind over the airwaves, but, you know, to look inside somebody's eyes and, and, and see the see the emotion behind it, see the truth, the, the humanity behind it, I think that's what's really important. Here. And it takes, it takes courage to call. Yes, it does. All right, well, Peggy, I thank you for your courage, and I uh, look forward to uh, hearing the day when, when this is all free and we can celebrate your liberty. Thanks, Joe. Peggy Kimmel, folks, Creative Care Beacon, Chapter of the Human Solution in Ohio. All right, so we got Pete Yapel on the line. Pete's been a very, very busy man lately, and uh, he's got a Solidarity Over Separation meeting happening very soon. Pete, welcome to the show. Whoops, I got the wrong one. Hold on, Pete. I totally missed. There we go. <laughs> Pete, welcome to the show. Take the... <laughs> and I actually I actually have my phone unmuted this time, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, a, a five second delay. So what's going on in uh solidarity over separation? Well, in solidarity over separation we got a actual office now, which is the most beautiful thing. Uh we have an actual desk banners and going up banners tomorrow. going up tomorrow and we're all Nice. Up, you know, you know, which which is awesome. We we it, it was actually pretty cool today. We uh, our second day being open, and, and the uh, cops came in. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. And they were the first two people have... in the door today. Were the local police officers, and uh, <laughs> and it, it was really funny because they walked in and they came, and after you know thirty seconds of talking to Helen, you know, uh, <laughs> they realized. <laughs> They said, well, listen, we just wanted to see because we, you, the locals were just wanted to make sure it wasn't a head shop. <laughs> and we go, well, as you can notice, it's not a head shop. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was funny. And by the time, uh, by the time they left, we spoke to uh, the one uh, officer about his uh, son and ADHD and he'll be in when he's not in uniform, I'm sure. Well, it was refreshing to, to hear how holistic he he was already with with his family. He was already protecting his family 
with, you know, religious restraints for on, on uh, vaccinations. Uh, vaccinations. Stuff, you know, yeah. he understood, you know, th- that there is a holistic side to things and, and that Big Pharma isn't the only way, like most people think. So it was it was refreshing to have that conversation. Yeah, it was. And uh but yeah, it's it's uh it's been crazy, but we're having our uh, first meeting. We're going to film our first meeting. I I posted it and put it on the calendar. Sunday. We're going to do it Sunday in our war room. And uh, I don't know how many people will have some on Sunday, but gosh, God, wherever many are there, we'll start going to have a good time and like I said, we'll go over some stuff and we'll enjoy ourselves and it's we just want to see what we can do new for this new community, you know. Uh it's uh it's uh, right outside the gates of West Point, like I said. So it, it, it's uh, it's a bit controversial. But what else would I do? Or you know, I mean, I, we're, we're we're getting um, you know people in the community that are like so happy we're there, and then we're getting you know others that are sending the cops over to make sure that it's not a headshot. Yeah, love the love the dichotomy there. Well, yeah. uh, where if somebody's just listening and they don't know anything about your your Facebook page and they want to come and join, uh, where is this uh, this office in the store? Where's it at? They can come right to see the office right at 316 Main Street in Highland Falls, New York, 10928. It's directly Excellent. across from the police station. <laughs> I love it. And I it love is. it. <laughs> And the meeting again is Sunday at what time? It's Sunday at noon. I'm going to do noon to noon to twelve thirty Eastern. So, you know, anybody can come on by. Feel free to stop on by, guys. Anytime. We we have an open work environment. We uh, I, I like if you would not believe uh, the opening day, uh, there was such a, a diverse crowd of humanoids in one place. <laughs> I mean, you, you've never seen, like, so many different people. And it, that just wow. touched my heart, man. And little kids running around. And it, it, it was just beautiful, you know. And, uh, and again, today, another little girl was just running around the office. Came running right up behind me when I was typing up the pitch and I was doing some computer work. And she just bumped my chair and just, I turned and I look, and she's just staring up at me with this big smile on her face. <laughs> like, n- not shy at all. So cute. Yeah. So we can't wait for you to come out and check it out, man. And uh, well, definitely. Sooner than later, um, George is opening up his shop in Philly. I'm going to be up on the East Coast probably the first week of February ish. So, okay. uh, it, yeah, it'll be uh, <clears throat> sometime in February. I'll be out on the East Coast. So maybe I Excellent. can go over to Philly. Well, we gotta get. To yeah, that. we got so much to show you, man. We really got so much to show you, and it's it's great. You know, it it would be great to have you here again. You know, we love we love spending time with you. Happy New Year to everybody. We love you, Lisa. I'll talk to you guys yeah, on the happy phone. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, yeah I'll be on the tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, all I'll right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, sure. hey. Hey, hey, good to hear you. Happy New Year. Good to hear you. All right, folks, Pete and Helen Yapel, Solidarity Over Separation, New York. We got we got an office. We've had a couple of offices over the years um, for for brief and fleeting moments, but this is a 
This is our official office. Um, yeah. That's not anybody's house. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good Absolutely. work. Good work. It's not somebody's house. <laughs> Unless I move in. <laughs> well, there you go. If that happens, yeah. what are you going to say? Uh, it's, uh, All right, you guys. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. You yeah. got it, Joe. I'll, I'll speak to you guys tomorrow. You bet. All right. We got Tom Corby up, and uh, George Martorano is going to be calling in very shortly. And I didn't know if I was going to get time to talk about this, but what the hell? I think I've got time to talk about this. So earlier, I guess it was yesterday, I was, uh, you know, I got this public figure page on Facebook, and it's kind of really the only thing I do much posting on. And it's information about the human solution, things that we are doing or things that are important. Um, you know, we've got all these pages over the years, and I watch people post stuff that has nothing to do with the human solution in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, if it has something to do with pot, um, people will post it. Well, there was an article that came out about a 75-year-old grandfather charged with trafficking 150 pounds of pot. Yeah. And I shared it. It reached 1,000 people, 200 engagements, and uh, got some comments, got shared around a bit. But here's the thing. And I invited this cat to come on the phone, I mean, to come on and join us on the show, but I didn't think he would. But a Facebook person, a person who actually I know, he's a real person. I think he's a good person. He's a decent guy. But... You know, it's so busy being sanctimonious and uh, sharing his website around. And he had to throw an opinion out there. And I told him through the course of the last, I don't normally respond to Facebook posts, but when somebody starts lambasting a 75-year-old grandfather charged with trafficking, 150 pounds of pot, my God, I'm going to step in and say, what the hell? And so I told this guy, please, I don't know how many times through the course of this uh, exchange, as I'm saying, you know, what the hell, how dare you question this guy? Who cared if he had 150 pounds of pot? Who cared if he had 1,000 pounds of pot? Who cared if he had 150,000 pounds of pot? They didn't say anything about this guy hurting anybody or, or committing an actual crime that had a victim. And so I stood up for this old man and said, you know, this is bullshit. You know, you don't, what's your what's your problem, old man? And I, I, he kept coming back and coming back with these classic Facebook rants that just make me want to throw up in my mouth, but I just, Normally, like I said, I don't respond, but this is something that's attacking, in my opinion, the thing that's bigger than us all. And I said, please, come on the show tomorrow. Please come on the show tomorrow. I don't know, about a dozen times I I said, please, come on the show. I was nice. I said, please, even. But I knew he wouldn't. And I said, well, i got to address this one way or the other. So if you don't come on the show, I'm going to at least be able to Address what you said. 
And so here it is. This guy named Dale came to me after I posted this thing. He said, the dude needed 75 pounds. Was it purely a commercial endeavor? What were his alternatives to this activity? Got words? Be safe out there, grasshoppers. And I thought to myself, fuck you. Was it purely a commercial endeavor? Who cares if it was? You know, what if I grow 150 pounds of pot and want to sell it? What is that? Your business. And through all this thing, you know, of course I responded something like that. And I got hit with some shit that I just kind of blew me away. He said, slow down, young feller. I admire your enthusiasm and your service to America, if not the world. I still think you're the Buddha, along with most of your crew. I know your dedication is real as fuck. Just say in an honest, full discussion of the plant I call holy requires some thinking. Assholes blowing up houses, making dabs, they sling willy-nilly ain't cool. This is what's up to, to quote the mystical Isaiah of Bible flame, fame, come down, let's reason together. I never said the old dude could or shouldn't have 75 pounds of what produced how or to whose benefit or detriment. Nope, not this old man. And I said this. You know, people keep confusing reality with with fantasy. And... Yeah, you're right. People do stupid things. People do stupid things all the time. People blow butane in closed rooms, and they don't do anything to ventilate them, and then they light up a cigarette, and they blow their house up. That has nothing to do with pot, people. Exactly. What the hell does that have to do with pot? That has to do with bad uh, care of gases, of inflammable gases. You know what people do every single year that is dangerous as hell and people die from and houses burn? You know what they do every single year? They take a frozen fucking turkey and they throw it in boiling oil. And it explodes because that's what frozen turkeys do in boiling oil. And it explodes with violence and flame and hot oil that catches everything on fire and people get burned and they die. Should we outlaw turkeys? Should we regulate them? Should we tax them? You know, I don't know why we can't just have a little common sense in our discussion. But instead, we have to take a poor bastard whose freedom has been compromised, and they let the guy out on $2,000 bond. At least something good came out of it. They held me on $250,000 bond because I was so damn dangerous. But for whatever reason, they were afraid of me. But this old man is being challenged by our own so-called movement. And then it got brought up. that I was harming our efforts by my opinions. My oversimplistic view 
And I said to myself, you know, i got to talk about this live on the air here. I sure would like it if you could join me. I sure would like it if you would have a man-to-man discussion. Yep, I'm a man. I'm here, ready to talk. Okay? I'm, I'm just serious. You know, two people should be able to have a discussion. George, you can't call me like that. George is on the line. I'm going to bring him up. But anyways, the point is, before before we put George on, if you think that talking about liberty and freedom unabashedly, without restrictions, that we should just be free as people is in some way hurting this movement, I want to know what the hell movement you're doing. What is your movement? What is your goal if freedom isn't it? Because there is not one thing about taxing and regulating a safe substance that brings about anybody's liberty. And I welcome anybody to please come on this show and explain to me how we need to be repressed over this plant. Because yet nobody has done it. Not one person. I've had an open invitation for over a year now. Few people have said they would, but nobody has. So please, if you really think that we need to be regulated, tell me about the children. Tell me about the taxes. Tell me about why we need them so much over this plant. Because i got a few things I'll say in response, and I bet you you might, I don't know, maybe even reconsider when we're all said and done. So I do welcome that conversation. But before that, since nobody's taken me up on it, I got George Martorano. George Martorano has done something that very few people have done. He survived over 32 years in federal prison because of pot. And you say to yourself, well, how much pot did he have? And I say, who cares? What if he had all the pot? Does he belong locked up? Nope. No, he doesn't. Luckily, and it wasn't because of luck, and it wasn't because of President Obama, and it wasn't because of anything else other than a lot of hard work and diligence and not giving up and standing tall every single day of all this time and going back and going back and going back, and finally the wall cracked and George got out. And George is out, and he's a free man today, and he's my friend, and he understands the value of liberty he understands the value of freedom, and he's probably got something to say tonight. George Martorado, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, my brother. How are you doing, my brother? How's my California audience? How's my Fantastic. It's a little chilly out here, but you would laugh at me for how cold it is here. <laughs> well, listen, the difference between, between cold and real cold is a pair of long johns. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's show is fitting for a Christmas story, and here's my Christmas story, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want you to know Christmas Eve, uh, I uh, I delivered a refrigerator to a group home for very poor people, very have-nots, and there was uh, eight or nine people living in the small group home uh, where they uh, there's gangs, actually gangs come and they take abandoned homes in North Philly. North Philly's the biggest section of Philadelphia. North Philly, deep, deep North Philly is just like a war zone. 
Okay, we have devastation shootings every night. Anyway, I took this refrigerator, I got a truck, and me and this uh, this have not. We delivered the refrigerator to this home on Christmas Eve, and uh, I totally absorbed. It was a sour kiss of uh, reality, understanding, because this refrigerator was actually uh, an item for uh, could save lives because. If they had the refrigerator, they can go buy food during the day, put it in the refrigerator, so they didn't go out to help go out at night. If they go out at night, there's so much shooting in the neighborhood that they would, uh, some could lose their lives. So I delivered this refrigerator on Christmas Eve. It just, just made my Christmas. And then, I, like I said, these they, what they do, there's so many abandoned homes in North Philly that the gangs – Go there. They uh, they actually uh, hook up water. They hook up electric in some way, some illegal way, and then they go in. They leave the fronts dilapidated, but they go in and they build out as many cubic holes as they can, and they charge these have-nots, uh, basically people that are panhandling and whatnot, a hundred dollars a week, a hundred dollars wow. a week, and they have, they have dozens and dozens of these homes. So it's a racket. It's a racket, so now I'm dedicated to, uh, you know, you can buy used refrigerators for practically nothing. So now I'm on a mission. I'm going to try to deliver as many refrigerators as I can to these homes. Uh, uh, imagine that. A refrigerator is deterrent between life and death. Wow. So when you, well, you, know, never, when you ladies and gentlemen, and my, my West Coast friends and audience, when you go to your refrigerator tonight in the middle of the night, I just want you to stare at it for a few seconds. Imagine that. A refrigerator is the difference between life and death. I wanted to share that story with everyone. It's my Christmas story. Well, thank so, you, George. That's a, that's a touching story. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how many things we take for granted. And uh, that's some good work you're doing out there. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm blown away. Yeah, well, I'll be seeing you soon, Joe. We're bringing you in in February. We need you here. We need your excellent. I look forward to it. With the, the place I'm we'll do a live Hemp Cafe. Yeah, I'll right. we'll do a live show at Hemp Cafe. I look forward to it. Right at the Hemp Cafe, brother. All right, George. We will talk to you next All week. Right. And, uh, All right. We'll Take, care. Take care, all my guys. Take care, DD. Take care, Liz. Love you all. Bye-bye. Love you Bye-bye. back. North Toronto, folks. North Toronto. All right, folks. We're down to a few minutes left in the show. We got Tom Corby to close it down. Not a man of brevity, but uh, a man of courage, and uh, he's, he's he's a guy that uh, you want on your team. George, welcome. George. <laughs> Tom, welcome to the show. Happy New Year, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. Joe and Happy New Year to you and all too and Becca, Lisa, Mary and the Coffee Party Radio Show for another historical show. We want to thank you all for sending uh, positive getting vibrations out to my wife Donna that's hospital uh, with uh, a severe stroke uh, she, she, uh, the history is, is about 20 years ago she had 
Oprah knows some of this. Uh, she's contract uh, bacterial spinal meningitis. And I was in Reno, my daughter Karina, I think she's listening now in my motorhome uh, up in Reno. And she fell in, in the back, in the, in the back of the motorhome on the floor and, and was completely paralyzed on her left side. It took everything that my daughter and I had. We probably should have called an ambulance to get her. And she was caught between the door and the bathroom and getting her out, getting in or getting her into a hospital there up in Sparks, up on the hill in Sparks. When we got Donna in there, luckily the the, the, the master neurologist was there. Uh, They gave her a spinal tap and he told me that she's almost 98% dead. Uh, uh, She was in the hospital two weeks. I finally moved into the hospital she, uh, to help, and she went through $30,000 for different antibiotics, uh, and that saved her life. Uh, thank you, uh, Nick and Frank. They're right here today. Uh, we, went, we just got to, we went to the hospital this afternoon, and uh, comfortably, uh, they did an MRI at 4 uh, p.m., and uh, I sent some pictures out on Facebook, and uh, we wanted to send her positive healing vibes. Uh, we'll know more tomorrow, and we'll keep everybody posted on on the updates. Don't forget to breathe. And don't forget to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the doctors, uh, uh, what, what, the doctor specifically said, what, 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 uh, she said that Donna had a pretty bad stroke, but, uh, she's, uh, already getting feeling back in her left leg and feet, still not in her arm yet. Um, she is talking somewhat. Um, not so coherent. She hasn't been on open up her eyes uh, too much, but uh, we all feel that uh, we got her there soon enough that uh, everything should be okay. But we like it wow. very clear and positive vibes, and that would be great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, folks, when uh, you know people have all this time to be negative and and. And uh, attacking and all this, and then you know something happens to cause harm to your health, and it's a reset button, folks. Remember, every day you're alive and healthy and happy. I can't think of why you would want to do anything but try to make it better. Um, something like this can happen to anybody at any time, and I, I've seen it. The older you get, the more you see this kind of thing happen. And uh, you know, we got to be there for each other, folks. That's 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 so important. And, and by the way, Joe, uh, if you remember John Fury, one of my attorneys had several uh, yeah, yeah. major 
stroke. Well, yeah, he, had uh, he finally had a brain op- uh, operation, and uh, uh, the last I, I was with him, he said he's doing much better. So oh, we good. have that possibility. Yeah, yeah, John Fury. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course you remember. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll keep you all posted, and I want to thank everybody uh, that's coming together uh, to help in prohibition. I'm sure that us going to jail, Don and I, uh, this is the second time uh, we went through this. didn't help uh, people having strokes and uh, fighting depression. Uh, uh, we all have it. We just have to keep keep our keep our lives and our spirits high and, and uh, we know that that adversity does make us stronger, takes us more to get us down the next time. And by the way, I just spent nine days in, in low and horrible hospital. That's so horrible. Uh, we really feel that the, the care I got there, I want to thank them all uh, for my recovery. Of course, I'm still recovering uh, slowly, but uh, and thanks to help with all my friends, Frank and Nick being here, uh, helps so much. I want to thank you all today, and uh, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> all right, Tom, a pleasure to have you aboard as always, and um, I think that's about it. We're coming down to the last minute of the show, and uh, very seldom does it happen like this, but we're going to wrap up. Uh, well, she's recovering. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up a minute early. Let's see what Willie Nelson has to say about it. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my Oh. You can't close yours? No, it's not letting me end the show. Oh, there it goes.